is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. It's better late than never. Pompey's season is right back on track as John Messino leads the playoff hunt. Bishop against Belshaw. Pompey looking to make it two. Long wait for Bishop. Short run up. Bishop scores into the bottom corner. And Portsmouth have beaten Bristol Rovers by two goals to nil. Since last week's 2-0 victory at Bristol Rovers, the Blues have been in action again. However, in the Hampshire Senior Cup, they travelled all the way to AFC Bournemouth in Dorset, famous for, you know, not being in Hampshire for the quarterfinals of the competition. However, a much-changed Pompey side were beaten by five goals to two. We'll hear what the gaffer had to say after the game at the Vitality. Unfortunately, once we conceded the first goal, the floodgates opened and we couldn't really get hold of the game, which was, yeah, a real disappointment from that point of view. And, and as soon as they scored the fifth, the game was pretty much over. The three of us here will be discussing some of the talking points from that game and coming on to look ahead to the next. Port Vale are the opponents of Fratton Park this week and we'll take a listen again to the Blues head coach who goes on to talk about the challenge that lies ahead. I think they were a bit unlucky last week against Burton. The week before they were excellent against Fleetwood and probably unlucky not to take all three points away from home. So we think they'll be a very well-organised side with some good players in there and they're extremely well-coached as well. 81400 is the number you need to text to get involved this evening. Be sure to start those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Following the midweek showing, is Clark Robertson ready to step back into a starting spot in League One. Who would you like to see come in to replace Joe Morrell in midfield tomorrow with the Welshman away on international duty? And what do you think the score will be at Fratton Park? You've got until 7 o'clock. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome once again to 93.7 Express FM. This is the Football Hour, sponsored, of course, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit their website right now, stagecoachbus.com, to find out more information on the services they can provide in your area. So, coming up, myself and two more studio guests will be alongside to talk all things Pompey between now and six o'clock. We'll come on to talk a bit more detail in regards to Pompey's 5-2 defeat to AFC Bournemouth in the Hampshire Cup quarter final on Tuesday evening. Later on, we'll hear the pre-match thoughts of John Messino ahead of another League One challenge this weekend and we'll also discuss a few talking points from the week gone by, including a new position for coach Zesh Raymond at Fratton Park. But we begin uh, in a little bit of a different fashion to what we normally do here on the Football Hour. Pompey were in midweek action away at AFC Bournemouth in the Hampshire Senior Cup on Tuesday night. A game, unfortunately, we didn't cover here on Express FM. So we don't have the highlights, but I can tell you now, they lost by five goals to two. So nothing really to highlight anyway. We heard from John Messino after the match. He spoke to Max Swatton to get his take on the game. Well, John, defeating the Hampshire Cup, talk us through the game and give us your thoughts. Yeah, a quite strange game tonight. We we went 2-0 up quite early on and looked really comfortable. I thought we played some some excellent football and we pressed them really well quite quite early on. Uh, with a Bournemouth side who like to play a lot of football, a very good, well-organised Bournemouth side. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, once we conceded the first goal, the floodgates opened and we couldn't really get hold of the game. Uh, which was, yeah, a real disappointment from, from that point of view. And, and as soon as they scored the fifth, um, yeah, quite soon after half-time or maybe around 60 minutes, the, yeah, the game was, was pretty much over from, from that point. We couldn't get back into it. So yeah, a, bit, a bit of a strange one considering we, we went 2-0 up and looked so comfortable and then to have that turnaround, um, just really disappointing overall. Had the chance to see Jay and Clark after their injuries. What did you make of their performances? 
Yeah, I think the most important thing for, for both of them was to, to come back after these injuries and, and make sure they got the, the amount of minutes that we wanted them to get. And, and in both their cases, they, they did that. They got through the game, showed some, some real glimpses, I think. And that was, again, the most important thing, getting them through the game injury-free and making sure that they're then available for selection for the weekend. It was, I think, Clark's first um, game for a long time, uh, apart from, obviously, the, the cameo on, on Saturday and, and the same for Jay. So, again, these 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 games, whether it was here or behind closed doors with, say, a, a different friendly, the the important thing is to make sure we get the, the players' first-team minutes, uh, sorry, the first-team players' minutes, and uh, we get them through the game injury-free. You saw eight academy boys in total. How do you think they got on? Uh, yeah, I, th I thought there were some some really excellent performances. If you take uh, Kobe Motto, for example, I thought he was probably our best player on the night. Uh, unfortunately for him, he I think started cramping off after 60 minutes. So I said to Kobe, "That's a really good lesson there. You've you've, you've put in a, a real shift." But in order to make that transition from a young 17-year-old with glimpses of, of real promise, like he showed, to someone who can Know, dominate a game for 90 minutes fitness levels are going to be have, something that have to improve and that's fine he's, he's only 17 he's a first year pro so no problem at all with that there, there were some really good lessons I think for the other lads that, that came on and uh, we're looking at sort of trying to get more players from the youth team through to the first team and, and if they're going to be ready to do that then um, they have to at least be able to compete at, at this level so really a really good experience for them I think really good exposure to a side who are good and a side who play together every week and train together every day and again just a lot of small lessons I think for all the lads to learn the post-match thoughts of John Mussino following the midweek defeat to AFC Bournemouth in the Hampshire Senior Cup quarter-final alongside me this evening. Uh, two studio guests, yes, two guys in the studio this evening to talk all things Pompey. First of all, a very good evening and welcome to Barry Clements from the 1898 blog. Barry, a very good evening. Always good to see you, Jane. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, Bit of a, better circumstances recently, considering probably maybe your last appearance, Barry Pompey, on that upward trajectory under, under John Messino. But now things are looking a lot more promising under the new gaffer. We'll come on to talk about the game at Bristol Rovers later and come on to preview um, the visit of Port Vale also later on. But coming on to, to Tuesday night first, AFC Bournemouth in the Hampshire Senior Cup quarter final. It was a chance for a few fringe players, academy players, guys returning back from injury to get a few minutes from their legs, wasn't it? That was ultimately the, the main objective of this match. Yeah, it's exactly what the special John said in his in his interview, wasn't it? Like he, he's consistently talking there about how important it is to get minutes in the legs of fringe players and, and youngsters and, and you got exactly that. It was good to see those players coming back from injury as well. Um sadly they didn't play fantastically well, but it was more about it was more about the minutes and um, that's what you can really ask for when you play in the Hampshire Cup in Dorset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even get me started <laughs> on that. Um I've been corrected on Twitter the fact that the Hampshire Cup started before Bournemouth was included into Dorset and not Hampshire. I I don't want to get into the politics of it. Bottom line is, they shouldn't be in anymore. Um, alongside us this evening as well, joining us from the Portsmouth News is uh, reporter Pepe Lacey. Pepe, good evening. Good evening, Jake. Thanks for having me. You were at the game on Tuesday. Um, it started off quite well, didn't it, for Pompey? 2 0 up after a matter of, what, 25 minutes? And then it just fell apart. 4 2 down, 5 2 was the final scoreline. And if we're being completely honest, the man who completely changed that game was David Brooks. Yes, yeah, David Brooks. Wow. Um, a Premier League player basically playing in the Hampshire Cup. Um, there was inklings when we were in the press room uh, just before the game they had play. Um, so that wasn't a surprise. It probably came as a bit of a, a, bit of a surprise to Denver Hume, who had to mark him for the first half. Um, but yeah, he completely ripped up um, Pompey in the first half. And that's really a difference, really, when you've got a Premier League player and you've got League One players. There's always going to be a difference. Um, first half, I thought, first 20 minutes when Pompey went 2-0 up, I thought, hang on, we're in control there. They looked good. But then you look at all seven of the goals. They've all come from mistakes, both from yeah. Bournemouth and Pompey. Um, so it, it wasn't the, the prettiest match to watch in the world uh, Pompey like I said when they were 2-0 up seemed in control and looked like they could break Bournemouth apart and then Bournemouth came at Pompey mm. down the Bournemouth's right Pompey's left and just tore Pompey apart and there were so many mistakes that led up to all the goals and Tom Lowry um, probably my man of the match he looked really good um, he's finally pushing to maybe get a start that now he's up to full fitness mm. recovery and then you've obviously got um, Clark Robertson, Jay Mingy and all the fringe players um, got minutes as well so positive 
for players coming back from injury, but the actual result and scoreline, it, like, it's only the Hampshire Cups. Mm. And like John was saying, I said it's good for minutes, but um, nothing more to take from that, really. A Hampshire Cup tie, Barry, against kids uh, Bournemouth put out, apart from David Brooks, um, in that game on Tuesday night. And for clarity, I love Tom Lowry. He's mini Esther. He is a magician. And quite frankly, I'm not one to talk because I need my chair hired up all the way to sit here and do the show. I'm very short. But to see him playing alongside these kids, he was smaller than a lot of them. But, as Pepe mentioned, ran the game as far as Pom people are concerned. He was the, the shining light of that performance. And it's great to see him back um, from his injuries. We've seen in previous league matches. But again, to get an, a, another few minutes in the bag on Tuesday night for Tom Lowry will continue to do him the world of good. Yeah, I mean, neither of us are blessed in the height department there, Jake. So I don't think we're gonna, don't think we're gonna slate him for it. But no. uh, he's, um, yeah, look, he's, he's one of our best midfielders. So you know, the, the, the quicker he can get back to 100%, the better. It's always positive seeing him getting minutes and then coming off the pitch of his own accord and not injured. Um, and the quicker we can see him playing league games again, the better. Um, he's going to have a job to, to to get certain people out of the team, but I think he is someone that. That you you just have to look at and be impressed by. Yeah, someone else who did impress on Tuesday night as well. Pepe was Kobe Motto bags Pompey's second of the game. From what we've seen of Kobe this season, um, from of course academy matches, the goals he scored, the contributions to goal of the month awards for you know that include in both the, the men's, the women's, and of course the academy players as well. But he was um, brought up to the game on Tuesday night alongside the likes of Adam Pace and uh, Brian Kwan, Josh Dockerell too but Motto got the goal, the second goal you could see how much it meant to him as well great finish and, and really a player who has got a massively bright future if Pompey can continue to develop him the way he should be and, and push him in the right direction maybe we could see him in the first team in a few years to come yeah potentially and you wouldn't rule that out based off what, what we've seen so far of him um, go back to the Southampton game that's the first time I really saw him and he really impressed there and then as the season's gone on every single week when Pompey Academy tweet their highlights and their results Kobe Moto seems to be on the, on the score sheet um, bags a lot of goals I think he's a first year scholar first, first, first year first yeah. year 17 so, years old yeah so plenty more to come from him um, and it's good to see him get a run out in the um, with a bunch of first team players as well like he didn't look out of place at right wing um, in attack on, on Tuesday um, I gave him a 7 I think in my ratings and the only person above that was Tom Lowry mm. and Komimoto deserved that 7 he looked really good he looked strong he looked pacey um, and obviously got that goal as well so when he has been got a run out with the first team yeah. um, he scored against Southampton he obviously scored against um, Bournemouth on Tuesday so plenty more to come from him and really one of the most exciting players to come out of the academy in future years yeah very exciting player Kobe Motto um, he got the second goal on Tuesday as we mentioned Barry the assist for that one a very nice ball to him um, was from Adam Pace another player who within trophy games and academy matches this season has been one of the shining lights for those two lads and for Brian Quam and Josh Docker at the back as well of course to have this kind of experience with um, you know fully seasoned professionals like Tom Lowry, Denver Hume, Clark Robertson, Michael Jacobs, Joe Pickett for these players to be within that kind of team and getting that game time experience even if it is just 90 minutes it is something that will hopefully aid their development. Hopefully they can take a few learning curves from either good performances or bad performances from these seniors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, games like this is, is, is crucial to our long-term development. We want to bridge the gap between the academy and, and the first team. That's something that's been spoken about a hell of a lot um, over the past couple of months. And I know we'll come on to it at some point, I'm sure, but Zesh's new role within the first team is, is obviously going to massively help that as well. Um, so, you know, I think we do need to tamper our expectations ever so slightly. We don't want to get in the England trap where we get a decent young player and we put all the pressure in the world on him. Um, but it's really positive to see and it's nice to be in a position where we're talking positively about the Pompey Academy for a change because that's been a long time coming, if we're being honest. Yeah. From a positive, Pepe, to a bit of a negative. Um, you gave Kobe Motto, you said, a seven. Um, and your player ratings are midweek. One of the only players to be above him was Tom Lowry. Let's talk about a few players below. Um, and yeah. look, it, it, it's, <laughs> there's one player that, that there is sort of an easy sort of way to look at. Clark Robertson, back from injury recently. We saw him come on off the bench on Saturday against Bristol Rovers. Got a few minutes in the bag. Not a lot really to take from that game. Um, but on Tuesday night started from you off he was subbed off in the second half um, and if we're being honest 
it wasn't the greatest of performances for Clark Robertson. We know he's back from injury, and there's absolutely every sort of understanding that when you're coming back from a long-term injury like that, it's going to take a few matches to find your feet. It just doesn't look too great when he's being out-muscled and outpaced by 17, 18-year-olds, does it? No, not at all. Um, where to start, really? Because I think I, I, it's a tough one because Clark Robertson, we know when he... I go back to the back end of last season, he looked really strong in the back two initially with Raggett and then in the three with himself on the left and then Raggett on the middle and then Carter on the right in the back three and he looked really strong um, but again it's injuries that let him down it's continuously we seem to keep talking about injuries of Clark Robertson at Pompey and this one was obviously a big one his last appearance in the league was Ipswich I believe um, so that's all the way back yeah. in December and uh, we're not expecting miracles to come back and perform well but Tuesday night's performance won't live long in the memory for him it's like John Messino said I think it is harsh to criticise him because he, that is his first um, outing since December but then again you sort of expect a little bit more if, you, if he yeah. is to come back into the team you'd expect him to be right, ready and Tuesday he didn't look ready um, so that's why he won't he won't be pushing Tyler for a, um, a place in the start just yet no. but again Pompey have got to be careful um, bringing him back in so obviously it'll take time um, and he's not he's far away yet from getting in the team absolutely right after the break we will be returning with even more Pompey discussion and when we do return we'll hear even more from John Musino he talks about Zesh Raymond and his promotion into a new role at Fratton Park to have the opportunity to bring Zesh in on a full time basis with the first team it's great news I think for everybody connected to the football club he's done terrifically well since he came in in that interim role and ever since I've been in the building from day one he's been a real asset to have on the coaching staff so absolutely delighted more to come here on 93.7 Express FM when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Very good evening and welcome back for part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, which is driven to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. And you can download the app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can track your bus on a live mapping system and even prepay for your tickets as well. And as we do head into the final couple of weeks of March, do remember as well that tickets within the Portsmouth area on Sundays are free of charge. So very uh, good sort of initiative to take advantage of there between now and the end of March. Right, coming up between now and 7 o'clock, we'll have more from Pepe Lacey and Barry Clements and all things Pompey related uh, up until 7 o'clock. We've already discussed so far the display against AFC Bournemouth in the Hampshire season Senior Cup quarter final on Tuesday, but now we're going to come on to talk about in a little bit more detail uh, Pompey of uh, really the first team matters at least, and we're going to come on to the preview the visit of Port Vale to PO4 at the weekend. Before we do that, let's have a bit of a refresher of what happened last time out uh, last weekend at the Memorial Stadium. Pompey travelled to Bristol Rovers for match day number 37 in League One, looking for back-to-back victories after that setback against Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park a fortnight ago. For commentary at the men from Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoots and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And we are underway. And there is good noise levels inside the Memorial Stadium. Corner comes in towards the edge of the six-yard box. The header is just wide. That's a chance for Bristol Rovers, the closest either side of cards. Raggett coming forward over halfway, finds Tunnicliffe, and Tunnicliffe through to Bishop, he must be offside, flag stays down, Bishop, off the post and in, and Colby Bishop has scored! 21 for the season, Bristol Rovers are furious that the flag stayed down, Bishop
stand away to our left. This is good from Bishop into the box. Bishop across the face to Hackett. That's excellent defending and very necessary defending from Evans to put it behind for a poppy corner. Here's Evans outside the penalty area, tries a reverse ball. It's a good one into the box. Collins, what can he do on his left foot? Stood up to the far post. Crystal Rovers attack it and it goes wide. It is still 1-0 to Portsmouth. Warning signs though. Ogilvy down towards the dead ball line, driving round the defence from the loose in the six yard penalty. And Pompey are going to be awarded a penalty kick for a foul on Paddy Lane. Lane was trying to get to the loose ball after Belshaw had fumbled the initial effort. Bishop against Belshaw. Pompey looking to make it two. Long wait for Bishop. Short run up. Bishop scores into the bottom corner. It's 22 for the season. Nail Portsmouth too. James Bell puts a whistle to his lips and blows it. And Portsmouth have beaten Bristol Rovers by two goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we go. There we go then. A reminder of last week's 2-0 victory over Bristol Rovers for Pompey. Colby Bishop on the score sheet twice for the Blues at the Memorial Stadium. Um, we got over results from last week, but in midweek, just gone, whilst Pompey were in a Hampshire Senior Cup action, there were two games in League One, um, two very big games in League One actually. Accrington Stanley uh, were defeated by two nil, uh, two goals to nil at home to Plymouth Argyle, whilst Sheffield Wednesday inflicted their first league defeat since the 4th of October in a South Yorkshire derby at Oakwell. Barnsley on the end of a 4-2 victory in that one. Um, it does change the top of the table. Um, it's not really relevant to Pompey, but we'll go over it anyway. Plymouth are top on 80 points. Sheffield Wednesday dropped down to second on 78. They do have two games in hand on the Pilgrims, though. Ipswich are in third on uh, 75 points. Three points behind them with a game in hand. Barnsley on 72 points. So it is getting very tight at the top end of the division. It really is up for grabs for any of those top four. There are then eight points separating fourth place Barnsley and fifth place Derby County. who have 64 points and Bolton Wanderers also share 64 points um, down in sixth position. Bolton not in action for a few weeks now due to the international break. And the Papa John's Trophy final coming up, which gives Pompey the ninth on 57 points, seven points behind Bolton with a game in hand, gives them the opportunity to close the gap whilst Bolton are not in action for a fortnight or so. Not to get too excited, Pepe, but Bolton not playing and Pompey having some, on paper, favourable fixtures within that period. It's looking promising. Yes, it is. Um, trying to keep the profession- professional in me and while also keeping my Pompey fan in me as well. <laughs> um, as much as I'd like Pompey to get in the playoffs, I've got to be very much realistic. Um, I'm not by any means ruling Pompey out of the playoff race. It's looking favourable for Pompey, but it's very unrealistic. Um, it, it's a big effort. But let's say Pompey win their two games um, over the next two weeks. Um, that means they've played a game more than Bolton and let's say they win those, they go a point behind Bolton. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. If you said if you said when John Messino come, uh, came in that you'd be a point behind Bolton in early April, um, I would never have believed you because it was miles it was miles off. What John Messino do- has done is amazing. Um, full credit goes to him. The, the players as well, um, they've looked bright and they've looked energised and um, yeah, I can't really believe we're talking about the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I, I could not believe that a month ago either. No. But um, yeah, we've got to be realistic. It, it, it's very unlikely, but the, the hope is there. And again, it could be the hope that kills us. But we'll live for it um, up until the end of the season. And, I, and I'm all for it. Yeah. Why not have a bit of faith, Barry? And I always refer to this 2017 League Two Pompey, 10 points behind the title. With 12 points up for grabs, we need a Plymouth and Doncaster to lose all of their remaining games and Pompey to win all of them. It somehow happened. Stranger things have happened. Being seven points behind Bolton with nine games to go and a game in hand, it's not out of the realms of possibility. However, as Pepe's mentioned, being Pompey fans, we know it's probably unlikely. 
but why not have that faith? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to be in the position where we are talking about it, as, as Pepe rightly says. Um, you know, I think we'd all written the season off quite a while ago, so to to still have a chance of going to the playoffs is, is incredible. What we'd do on the playoffs if we did get there is a completely separate conversation <laughs> that I don't think we want to get into if we're being positive. No, because when you've got the, the drama of having to play probably either Derby, Barnsley, Ipswich, and the fact that Pompey have never in their history won a playoff game... Yeah, doesn't doesn't look great, does it? But what's, what's um, point? <laughs> but uh, you know the the running the running isn't isn't horrific. I think the only you know team above us that we've got left to play would be would be Derby, I believe. Well, so yeah. um, you know it's it's, it's a favourable running. It, it is certainly possible, but please don't get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> it is the hope that kills you. Mm. Um, so let's just consign ourselves to another League One campaign. Um, and if we do head into the next campaign, Pepe in the third division of English football um, we were talking off air about the foundations that have been laid by um, by John Messino uh, the side that he's managed to conduct and the players that are still under contract in the summer albeit negotiations underway for the likes of you know, Brandon Curtis, Jay Mingy for example and uh, a few others too um, are you more confident heading into the pre-season sort of campaign again hypothetically Pompey still in League One than perhaps this time last year? Yeah I mentioned it in um, the Pompey Talk podcast, the news do, um, just a little self-promo there. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I spoke on that uh, um, this afternoon, and I believe there's a really good nucleus, um, a good core of contracted players, the likes of Joe Rafferty, Marlon Pat, Joe Morrell, uh, Tom Lowry, Colby Bishop, of course. So there's a really good core, and then you look at... Um, John Messino said he wants to keep Matt Macy. That could be a realistic mm-hmm. possibility as well. Um, plenty of rumours about that going around. Um, John Messino said it. And there's connections as well. Um, Rob Edwards knew Rich Hughes at, at Forest Green. Um, so there's there's plenty of stuff where that could happen. Um, then you look at the co- out-of-contract out players. You've got the Jay Mingi, um, players like that. Ronan Curtis, obviously he's out injured at the moment. But... Again, there's a good core of contracted players, um, and probably last season they had a good, good squad. Um, it wasn't amazing going into the season, but this season I think there's a lot more positives to go into the season um, and go into the playoff campaign, like you said. Um, and the Joe Morels, the Tom Lowrys, Colby Bishops—they're going to be pivotal. Yeah. Um, and to have what a striker this time, or in, going into pre-season last season, Pompey didn't have a striker, mm. and to have a 22-goal um, striker in Colby Bishop in your ranks going into the, going into the season um, is very positive and. I think, yeah, there's plenty of reasons to be positive and looking forward to the season. Absolutely. Um, and talking about nucleuses and, and sort of formulas heading into uh, next campaign, not that we've written this one off at all. Pompey's still, of course, in that playoff hunt whilst mathematically possible. It's not just the, the players on the pitch, but it's also um, those behind the scenes that perhaps don't get as much credit. But someone who definitely is this week is uh, Zesh Raymond, the former uh, PDP coach uh, within the Pompey Academy. It was announced yesterday afternoon by Portsmouth Football Club that he's got a new role. He's been promoted to the first team backroom staff. So he'll be joining the likes of John Messina, of course, uh, John Harley and Joe Prodomo within the dugout. We have seen Zesh Raymond within the dugout um, since the uh, dismissals of the Cowleys and the interim um, role that Simon Bassey had at the club and through the last two months under John Messina. But that has now been made official. So big congratulations to Zesh Raymond for being appointed within that role. Bit of news elsewhere. Of course, Pompey do need a new lead PDP coach, and that has been um, given to um, Sam Hudson of uh, the Pompey Academy. So yeah, big congratulations as well to Sam Hudson for being promoted into that role. But back to Zesh Raymond, uh, Max Swatton caught up with the gaffer, John Messino, to talk about the appointment and how pleased he is to officially bring him into the first team setup. Yeah, delighted. It's something we've been working on for a couple of weeks now and to have the opportunity to bring Zesh in on a full-time basis with the first team is, uh, is great news, I think, for everybody connected to the football club. He's done terrifically well since he came in in that interim role and ever since I've been in the building from day one, he's been a real asset to have on the coaching staff, so absolutely delighted. He completes your backroom team. Obviously, you've got John Harley, Joe Podomo, Dan Ashby as well. How good has it been to work with them since your arrival along with Sporting Director Rich Hughes? I mean, great. They've all done a fantastic job, every single one of them within their within their roles, and uh, they've worked incredibly hard. I think that's the most important thing: is how hard they've worked, and how diligent they've been, and the quality of work that they've produced. Uh, I think, you know, as, as shown on the pitch, there's 
there's probably been some more obvious ones and then Joe's got a lot of uh, a lot of credit for the set pieces for example in the media over recent weeks and quite rightly um, if you take somebody like Dan who, who works away behind the scenes and, and you're never really going to be um, front facing or getting too much credit for the work that he does but he's absolutely crucial to what we do day in day out and so it was, yeah it's really nice to, to get that, that get that team together and you know been working really really well now I think for the last couple of months and long may it continue yeah, big, big news as far as Zesh Raymond is, is concerned and Pompey are concerned. And it is an appointment, Barry, that, that Blues fans can be excited for. You, you might look at that if, if you're not really too bothered about the backroom setup and go, OK, Pompey have got a new coach. But actually, when you look at it in greater detail, we know the kind of experience that, that Zesh Raymond brung to the academy role, let alone the kind of uh, knowledge and the expertise he can bring to the first team role as well. So to, to have John Messino really assembling his backroom staff now with John Harley and as his assistant Joe Bradoma, of course, remaining at the club on set pieces. Zesh Raymond coming up from the academy. Things are looking exciting, not just on the pitch, looking ahead to next season, but potentially off of it as well. As John assembles this this new team to, to try and lead Pompey forward. Yeah, it speaks to it speaks to a culture that's that's that I think is being bred at Pompey. You know, it's something that Rich Hughes has spoken about before, and obviously Cullen as well. You know, they they want to they want to develop our own talent, right? And that that goes right up to the top. So the fact that that happens off the pitch as well as on it is 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 really indicative of where we want to go and and the culture that they're trying to implement at the club. And I think that's nothing but a positive. You know, the fact that we've had two promotions in the coaching staff this this week. Um, just goes to show that you know that that can translate to the pitch, um, and hopefully we'll see we'll see more of the same. Yeah, um, Pepe really important. You know, we mentioned to Barry there that the likes of Joe Prodomo remaining at the club and Zesh Raymond being promoted um, to this new role. Have you been impressed with with what Zesh has sort of rung to the team, not just from a, like a tactical nous, but also just sort of a mentality behind the scenes as well to have that already sort of prior knowledge of the club having worked within the team within the academy do you think that will be useful for, for the Pompey senior team when it comes to appointing someone in that role rather than just bringing someone from an outside source and having to catch them up to speed do you think that having Zesh already within that sort of knowledge bracket will, will pay dividends into yeah, next season yeah yeah uh, John mentioned it in his uh, in that brief clip there um, he wanted someone that has knowledge of the club and um, and from day one, he he really liked him, and they got on really well. That's something really good to have. And then long term as well, um, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Zesh's connection with the academy that could play really pivotal in yeah. um, the decision making of bringing youngsters into the first team, um, like the Kobe Moto, Adam Pace, Josh Dockerell, people like that. He'll have a really good understanding of the youngsters, um, and w- would recommend the best ones to John. And that could have a really um, pivotal part. Uh, to play in the future of the club um, but I, I'll never forget when Zesh Raymond was it was like a month after he'd been in the role there were rumours on Twitter say, of people saying oh Zesh Raymond's gone to the Premier League club this that and the other that was all nonsense um, so we, all, we have an on-running joke in the press box every time we see Zesh Raymond that uh, oh my god it's Zesh Raymond <laughs> so um, no I think that even if he was linked with a Premier League club that just shows the um, quality Pompey have and to keep time down now in a proper role in uh, John Messina's backroom staff that just really shows where Pompey want to go and to keep John Messina's backroom staff as a whole as well um, he's got on really well with them Joe Prodomo like you mentioned there um, doing really well on the on the set pieces Dan the analyst he doesn't get a lot of credit yeah. but yeah. he does a great role as well and John, uh, um, John Messina's assembled a really good backroom staff now and to get everybody tied down is a really good thing and really good for Pompey going uh, going forward. And going forward, Zesh Raymond's first official match um, as uh, one of the backroom staff to John Messina within the senior setup will be at home to Port Vale at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. We now come on to preview that one. And now with a closer inspection of this week's opposition, our very own Mason Jordan. It was defeat in midweek for a heavily changed blue side in the Hampshire Senior Cup. But they'll be looking to record a third consecutive league victory when they take on Port Vale this weekend. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The previous meeting between these two teams this season ended in a 1-0 draw on the road for Pompey, with Dane Scarlett bagging his first ever goal at senior club level. 
Now it's time to take a closer look into a Port Vale side preparing to make their first visit to Fratton Park since December 1999. Manager. The Valiants are managed by 45-year-old Daryl Clark, who took to the helm in February 2021 after the club paid a compensation fee to his previous employer, Walsall, for his services. The former Salisbury City and Bristol Rovers boss has overseen 119 competitive fixtures since arriving at the club just two years ago, achieving a win percentage of 43.7%. Prior to John Messino's arrival on the south coast, Clark was reportedly on the radars to succeed the Cowleys here at Pompey, though he shut those links down pretty quickly, responding with how happy he is at Vale. One to watch. 32-year-old veteran forward Matty Taylor moved to Port Vale on a loan deal until the end of the season from Oxford United on deadline day back in January. Taylor, who had scored six goals in 29 matches during the first half of the campaign, was reunited with his former gaffer from his Bristol Rovers days to help with an injury crisis up top. The former Forest Green and Bristol City striker, who wears the number 20 shirt for the Valiants, scored a first goal for the Vale in their one-all draw away at Fleetwood a fortnight ago. Top scorer. Former Blue striker Ellis Harrison has scored more goals than any of his teammates so far this season. The 29-year-old, who spent three years at Pompey before moving on to Fleetwood last January, has found the back of the net ten times this season, though he's failed to make an impact in cup competition this term. Not only is Harrison the club's leading scorer thus far, he has bagged two in his last four appearances for the clubs, most recently last Saturday at home to Burton Albion. Current form. Daryl Clark's side currently sits 16th in League One and pretty comfortably too, looking likely to survive in their first year back in the third division since 2017. Vale have accrued 44 points from their 37 matches played to date and that has opened up a nine-point cushion to the current highest relegation zone position. They have, however, recorded just two wins from their last 13 attempts and head into this weekend's fixture off the back of three completely different results. A 1-0 victory over MK Dons, a 1-0 draw at Fleetwood and most recently in their previous outing, a 3-2 defeat at home to Burton Albion last week. Can the Blues continue to surf on their current wave of momentum and close the gap on them and the top six? Or will Port Vale inflict Pompey a second consecutive home defeat? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Mason Jordan, taking a closer look into Daryl Clark's Port Vale side with visitors to Fratton Park um, tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully this team, Barry, won't be, um, won't be taking any towels from their hotel rooms. <laughs> End of comment. Um, but going on to Port Vale, um, they have only won one of the last three. One win, one draw, one defeat. Um, but defeat only by a one-goal margin. Very unlucky in that match. A one-off draw wet Fleetwood. There's nothing really to um, turn your nose up about if you're a newly promoted side as, as Port Vale are. So although it doesn't look fantastic, they are a very difficult team to beat. Ellis Harrison, the top goal scorer, two goals in his last four games. This... It is a cliche to say, but it won't be a walk in the park for Pompey tomorrow. No, absolutely not. Port Vale are, are not an easy side to beat. You know they don't they don't concede a whole lot of goals. Um, you know, they, although they haven't won away from home, you know, since December, they did also beat um, Plymouth uh, at Plymouth this season. So they're certainly not going to be an easy team to beat. You know, you've got to watch David Worrell's crosses from the right. He, um, you know, he's got I think six assists now this season from, from crossing from deep, and, and obviously Harrison's usually the one on the end of them. So um, Towler's going to have his work cut out for him. Ogilvy's going to have his work cut out for him. But you know, we were saying off air there, it's it's nice to be in a position where you're more confident than usual. Uh, under uh, under the special John, which as much as we all love Danny Cowley, um, it is nice to be confident again. Yeah, it very much is. We'll get the final thoughts of both Barry and Pepe when the footballer returns in just a few moments' time. But also get the final thoughts again of John Musino. It really is a moose overload on the show this evening. He talks about the preparations for tomorrow's game and working around missing players that are on international duty. We always knew that uh, there were going to be a couple of absentees around the international break, and you know it's two important players for us who have had a big contribution over the past few weeks as well so yeah there'll, there'll definitely be a miss but I think it's going to be a chance for a couple of other of the squad members to step up and step into their places and, and take advantage of that opportunity stick with us we'll be back at a mo this is the football hour 93.7 express fm the new stagecoach flexi 5 
a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. Either visit their website, stagecoachbus.com, or download their app now from the Apple App or Google Play Store. Just simply search for Stagecoach on your preferred um, app store there. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Pepe Lacey from the Portsmouth News and Barry Clements from the 1898 blog. And now we come on to preview in a bit more detail the visit of Port Vale to Fraston Park tomorrow afternoon. Pepe, myself and Barry were talking very briefly before the break about um, Ellis Harrison coming back to Fraston Park. Three years at Pompey. By no means the worst spell a striker's had at Fraston Park. Um, But let's be honest, since the club's sort of relegation down to the third and fourth divisions and the liquidations, Pompey haven't had too much luck with strikers. He didn't set the world alight. He was okay. He's gone on to Fleetwoods, done very well there, now moved on to Port Vale, and seems to do pretty decent there as well. Two goals in his last four games. Is he scoring tomorrow? Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. Um, he, I, I remember um, Pompey's visit to Port Vale at the start of the season. Um, I wasn't there, but I heard that he was a very physical presence. He caused a whole load of problems for um, Pompey's defence on that day. I think it was Michael Morrison and Sean Raggett. So that was a really good defence at the time. But um, yeah, no, he caused problems, Pompey problems. He's Port Vale's top scorer as well. Uh, he never really got consistent run at Pompey. Uh, I think that's what let him down. Is he was always preferred behind John Marquis when Kenny Jacket was here. Um, it was a turbulent time. As yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, um, it, it played with one striker as well, so that never favoured him as well. And then was played behind John Marquis in a number ten role. Never really got going. And then when he did, he used to get injured as well. So it's just bad luck, really. Um, when he was here, I don't think Pompey fans saw the best of Ellis Harrison. And luckily, he's thriving elsewhere because he was a good character at Pompey. Yeah. Um, it just didn't really work out, but that happens. Um, and it was probably right to move on. It got him off the wage bill as well. And yeah. He's thriving elsewhere, which is good to see. 81400 is the number to text if you've got anything to add to what either myself, Barry or Pepe are having to say on the football house so far this evening. Let us know who you think should be starting tomorrow's game in the absence of Joe Morrell, who's on international duty. Whether or not you think Clark Robertson's ready to return to a starting position. And of course, Jay Mingi returning to midweek action as well. Could he fill the void left by the Welshman this weekend? 81400, the number to text, as I mentioned. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Use at ExpressFM on Twitter or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Um, we've spoken about Clark Robertson in detail in the first part of the show. Barry, moving on to another player who we saw return on Tuesday night, who could be in contention for this weekend. We'll hear the pre-match thoughts of John Messino shortly. Um, is Jay Mingi. And really, considering the fact that Joe Morrell's on international duty with Wales, it's probably the perfect time for Jay Mingi to be returning back to fitness. Or in your opinion is that a position for someone else to fill yeah I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Jay Mingi and I think if he if he's 100% fit then absolutely I think he fills that gap um, different type of player but still brings enough to the table and, and, and has earned a starting place but whether he is 100% is the question and, and if he isn't then I think he needs to make an appearance from the bench um, and it probably goes well elsewhere I'm not sure what Thompson's fitness is like at the moment um, I'd, I'd probably say Tunnicliffe's going to go in there as well so yeah, it might it might be too soon for him, but if he is at 100%, then he has to play. Very good performance on Tuesday night. Um, Pepe will be against a, a young AFC Bournemouth side, much like the Clark Robertson ordeal, returning back from injury. Mingy didn't feature at Bristol Rovers last weekend, so perhaps a, a little bit further behind in, in regards to returning. But really the same question back to yourself, really. Joe Morell on the international duty leads that gap in midfield. Marlon Packout injured. You've got a questionable um, Louis Thompson with his fitness concerns Ryan Tunnicliffe who we've seen a lot under John Bacino is this a game for Ryan Tunnicliffe or, or potentially does Jay Mingy return to, to try and prove to fans what he could bring before that injury 
Um, I definitely think we'll see Jay Mingy start a game before the end of the season. Uh, I think tomorrow could be a bit too soon. Um, he started on Tuesday, played the full 90, but I spoke to him afterwards. He said he, he was feeling it quite a bit. Um, so maybe that we could still be a week away with him um, fully starting. But it's all about formations at the moment. John Messina doesn't like to disguise formations. He says formations you can have many different variations. Um, but I what, know. what it really annoys me? Yeah. <laughs> so what you try and base it with? Last week I think they played Thompson as the holding midfielder and then Morel and Tunnicliffe just in front, yeah. which worked for Pompey. Um, now I'm not saying Morel and Lowry are the exact same player, but they're similar players. So Thompson, he played two games in a week last week so having a week off uh, having the midweek off and just focusing on training should realistically make him okay so I'd purely see Lowry coming in for um, Morel that will be the replacement for me in the midfield um, or we could then see Thompson or Tunnicliffe in the midfield with Jacobs as the number 10 more advanced role so plenty of questions um, for Pompey's midfield and I like talking about midfield because it's Pompey's best place yeah. most um the place that's got the most depth and quality in there and just, there could be questions asked every single week we just don't know no and I don't think there's any cast of doubt uh, about that opinion either no. to be fair Pepe um, quick question Barry what were you doing in, in December 1999 uh, well I was five years old so okay. no idea no idea no I was one so nice. a- again, no idea. I wasn't even. I wasn't even born. Pepe wasn't even born. <laughs> right, okay. I didn't. I never liked you, Pepe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Out of interest, Pepe, what year were you born? Uh, two thousand and two. Oh, that makes me feel yeah. sick. Well, if it helps, Geordie and Neil at the Ports of News have worked there longer than I've been alive, so oh. I like to make them feel a bit old. The fact Ouch. it was 2000 and, that was, that was yeah. enough to, to hurt me, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, got prom- I, I was born in Pompey's promotion season, so if, if that's a lucky, lucky thing. Then, Omen. Yeah, lucky Omen, that's it. Maybe. Well, <laughs> anyway, back in December 1999 was actually the last time Pompey played Port Vale at Frasson Park. Um, yeah, long, long time ago. It's been a, v- a very long time since both sides uh, were in the same division. Ahead of the match, John Messino has been speaking to Max Swatton, who first asked what kind of test the gaffer is expecting. Port Vale are a side that came up last year, momentum at the back end of last year, and they've been very good this year. I'm comfortable in terms of their league position. They've got a good squad and a good manager, a good manager that's been in the in the league now for a number of years. So we expect a, a, a good test against Port Vale. Um, I think they were a bit unlucky last week against Burton. The week before they were excellent against Fleetwood and probably unlucky not to take all three points away from home. So we think they'll be a very well-organised side with some good players in there and, and they're extremely well coached as well. You'll be without Joe Moreau and Dane Scarlett who are away with their international teams. How are you going to navigate around their absence? Yeah, I think it's about utilising the squad at that point and we always knew that... Uh, there were going to be a couple of absentees around the international break, and uh, you know it's two important players for us who have had a good, a big contribution over the past few weeks as well. So yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be a miss, but I think it's going to be a chance for a couple of other of the squad members to step up and step into their places and and take advantage of that opportunity. And that's what having the squad's all about. We've really stressed that over the past few weeks, and again, weeks like this will make it even more obvious that you need a good, solid squad to compete at this level. Obviously, you know, you'll be without Joe in the middle. We saw Joe Mingy against Bournemouth the other day. Is he ready to sort of make that step into the into the eighteen into the eighteen on the match day? Yeah, I mean, certainly having completed 90 minutes the, the other day physically, he's, um, he's he's capable and ready to, to step into it. And we've got uh, plenty of other options there as well. So it's good to have those ones returning from injury. Uh, we saw a few the other night that came back and, and got minutes under their belt. And again, just making sure they're all ready to come in and compete for a spot on Saturday is the important thing. Injury-wise, Marlon Pack, how's he getting on with his recovery? Yeah, Marlon's doing really well. He was out on the grass with us today uh, doing a modified training session. So we did the, the warm-up, passing drill and, and a couple of the possession drills and then went in. We were still managing Marlon um, pretty well. He, he's not lost a huge amount of fitness over the last three to four weeks, which is good news. But you know we have to bear in mind that he has undergone surgery and going to need to make sure that we reintroduce him slowly. But hopefully within a couple of weeks, Marlon will be back and, and ready for selection. Another player who underwent surgery, Ronan Curtis, completed his ACL injury, uh, surgery yesterday. Sorry, How's, What's the next step for him? Yeah, I mean, the next step is yeah, he's at home now, he's recovering and um, it's just a long road to rehab, really. I think 
Um, as far as we know, the, the surgery went really well. I um, spoke to him briefly over text this morning and, and Ronan seems to be in a good place. He's, he's happy with everything. And I think it's quite a relief when you, you get the, the diagnosis for the ACL injury. You've got a bit of time in between that and actual, the actual surgery. The minute you get the surgery done, you know that you're on the road to recovery and you can start again. And that's what it's all about for Ronan now. It's about the early stages of, of rehab, making sure that he gets as mobile as he possibly can on the knee and without taking too many risks. And you know, he's in the, in the hands of the medical team at the moment, which is great. Uh, just hope that he you know, recovers as well as possible and, and comes back fit and strong. Here we are then, the pre-match thoughts of John Mussino. You can hear uh, that interview again when Pompey Live returns tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock at Fratton Park. So a long time since the Blues welcomed Port Vale to Fratton Park back in December 1999. Going through the injury concerns, we know Ronan Curtis out with his ACL uh, until around about December time, expected. Um, great to see he had his surgery early in this week. And that, um, as, as we heard from Ronan Curtis' Instagram, um, reportedly gone well. So really pleased to hear Ronan is uh, on the first stages on the step um, to recovery um, elsewhere Marlon Pack of course out with a knee injury Jaden Reed also with a knee issue um, Zach Swanson uh, remains sidelined as well Joe Piggott suspended um, serving his second suspension after the uh, immediate red card in the game against Accrington Stanley um, just over 10 days ago which wasn't appealed, which baffled me. Um, of course, Pompey without Joe Morrell, Dane Scarlett, both on international duty with Wales and the England under-20s, respectively. Um, elsewhere, looking at the match day guide for tomorrow, you've got the usual DJ um, before the game, behind the Fratton end. You've got the shipping container as well, behind the Fratton end, serving premium beers, street food, fried chicken, pizza fries, barbecue beef brisket. Um, the lots of plenty to look around for in and around Fratton Park this weekend as Pompey prepare to play host to Port Vale in League One. Uh, so we mentioned already, Barry, very exciting times at the moment for Pompey, remaining grounded, of course. It is the hope that kills you. That's been the phrase of the evening so far. But after a defeat in midweek to Bournemouth, this is a, another bite of the cherry for Pompey to get back to winning ways. I'm going to ask you now for a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Pompey. Bishop and then the Bristol Burgess from a corner. The Bristol... Oh, Towler. The Bristol... Oh, I love the Bristol that. Burgess, the mate. Bristol Burgess. Doors. Pepe Lacey, score prediction. Gotta be Doris, surely. It's gotta be Doris. And uh, no, I'm gonna go three one three one Pompey. What was that? Uh, it's a Bristol accent, wasn't it? Say again. It's gotta be Doris. It's gotta be Doris. Gotta be Doris, surely it's gotta be Doris. Gonna crop that up and every time Riley Towler scores, that's getting played over the tunnel at Fratton Park. Love it. Cheers, Pepe. Cheers, Parry. Uh, you can catch all of the unmissable action as Pompey hopefully uh, return to winning ways and get their third consecutive league victory when Pompey Live returns this Saturday from two o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey grabbed another three points on the road on Saturday. Black State down. Bishop off the post and in. And Colby Bishop has scored. 21 for the season. Up next, Port Vale are the visitors of Fratton Park. Can Pompey push on towards the playoff places? All of the unmissable action will be right here on Pompey Live, Saturday from 2pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler providing all of the pre-match, half-time and post-match content as Pompey play host to Port Vale at Fratton Park this weekend. Two o'clock is when we are on air on Saturday afternoon. 3pm kickoff, of course, as John Messino looks to lead Pompey to a third consecutive league victory. Um, big thank you to both Pepe Lacey and Barry Clements for joining me on the show. Uh, Barry, thank you very much. Enjoy your weekends. Thanks for having me, Jake. See you soon. Oh, and Pepe as well. Get out that door. All right, I'll go. I'll go out the door. Oh, cancel the football hour. Cancel it. Cancel it. Cancel it. No. Ugh. Cringe. This has gone too far. Ugh. Anyway, the football hour might return on, on Monday. Uh, myself and two more Pompey fans will be on the show uh, to review what we hope to be uh, another three points for Pompey against Port Vale at the weekend. But coming up between now and then on Express FM this evening, Express floor fillers right after the news at seven, taking you through right into the early hours of Saturday morning. You can join the football hour again tomorrow morning from four o'clock. If you've missed any part of tonight's show, you can listen to it from four through to five or download from the Apple, Google podcast apps or Spotify as well. Pompey Live returning from two o'clock with myself, Robbie and Jay, as I mentioned. But until then, Blues fans, have yourself a fantastic weekend. Play up Pompey, stay safe and good night.